three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, days and gays. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're all having a great night, day, weekend, whenever you're checking this out. Um, I am really, really honored to have writer, editor, director. You can check out his latest film in uh, Love Gets a Room, which should hopefully be playing uh, somewhere near you here in the next uh, couple weeks, probably by the time you're listening to this. Um, Oh my gosh, I have Rodrigo Cortez here. Uh, I, I got the last name right, right? Cortez is it Cortez? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Cortez. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> um, Rodrigo, sir, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for everything. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So before we jump in here, um, I have to fanboy a little bit here because you made a <laughs> film you made a film in twenty ten that I would actively tell people you need to go see this because it's one of the best films of the year uh in buried uh i think buried is insanely brilliant the fact you're able to get so much character development out of such a uh literal uh condensed space i just found fascinating and there's so many shots in that film that that stick with me please talk to me about like how that kind of came on your radar and why you went, yes, I need to make this film. Well, uh, Chris Parley, the writer, brilliantly wrote it. Yes. It's a demo in a way because no, nobody thought it it should be produced in, in any way. But I remember that when I read it, I felt totally differently because, because I thought this should be something everybody should fight for because I felt that nobody did anything similar ever. So I, I, yeah. I wanted to be the guy, to, I wanted to try. I, I wanted to be the one to try. And and I remember the one day before starting the shoot, I, I, I was alone in the stage looking at this wooden box. And I felt vertigo for a second because I thought, do you really want to do a movie inside that box? <laughs> yeah. And any for minute move inside that box. So I, I decided to turn my brain off and, and and not to think anymore and, and i took it as it was i don't know like a uh, indiana jones in, inside a box okay. I, I felt i felt it he had a very hitchcockian energy I, I always thought on on hitchcock because he said that he would be able to do a movie inside a, a phone booth and i thought i don't think so when i was a teenager <laughs> yeah and but but at the same time of course, I thought on, on all these technical challenges like rope or uh, lifeboat. But in a way, what I really wanted to do is north by northwest inside a box. So Okay. Okay, so I can it, see that. <laughs> in a way, it, it was my, my reference. I, I thought, why not? Probably this won't work. But if it does, maybe we will get to encyclopedias or something. <laughs> I mean, because that is that's still one of the best performances of Ryan Reynolds' career. So, like, when you, so when you go, like, how how do you go about that process as far as getting him? Because when I heard he was doing it, I went, "This is a very different, you know, role for him." And yet, what he's able to convey, 
in large part because of how you're directing him is absolutely incredible. So like kind of talk to me about that process as far as having that trust between your actor and like what you're bringing to the table. Well, I, I frankly went for him because I, I saw a, a brilliant movie that probably 16 people have seen <laughs> called The Nines. I don't know if you had the chance. Yes, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He does three roles here in this movie in a very moving and, 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 and truthful way, sometimes with very, very small things. And, and I thought he would be brilliant also because I, I know it sounds strange, but I thought that I needed someone who was a great comedian, not because Barry was a comedy, of course, but because but because we were going to need the same use of timing and nuance. And and, hmm. and and if you have a very serious, great actor, probably you are going to have something really unicorn. And, and in a way, we needed to play with inflections and and to go through every possible level of emotion and 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 in a way i thought of, of him as a kind of new Cary grant okay though of course the movie is not funny at all it's, no it's not like at a, all <laughs> it, it's like the comedy kafka would have written and of course he played it brilliantly brilliantly yes. we we did the movie in only 17 days Wow. And, and and when we sent him back to LA because we shot the movie in Spain, he was destroyed. He was destroyed, man. His fingers were burned out because of the heat of the lighter, and his skin also was harassed because of the sand and the rough boot and everything. So it was a destructive physical experience for him, but he did an amazing work. He really did. Um, so moving on to Love Gets Room. So I have, man, I don't even know where to start with this. I mean that as a compliment because as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is a really good play. I'm really liking this play. And and I actually, I'm a little mad I watched the trailer beforehand because I almost think that part of the, and I use this term very loosely, but fun in this movie is not really know like kind of going in a little more blind because once you realize what's happening it's very much a oh okay um i was really curious about why you decided because you wrote this as uh, you were one of the writers on this as well i was curious why you decided to make the play kind of like the backdrop for the story you're trying to tell as opposed to just telling it a little more straightforward and, and, and again I, i'm just I'm, I'm curious about your writing as far as taking that avenue so like yeah why why, why the play well uh, the, this play really existed it, yeah. it was performed in, in 1942 which is amazing that in the middle of that hell a group of people wanted to do not only a play but a funny play in which they laughed about their conditions inside the ghetto so they, they, they do jokes and songs about love, but also about death and illness and corruption and the violence of the police use and things that you, you would never believe. So, so I thought when I read the first draft that this brilliant German writer, uh, David Safier, did before uh, taking over and, and, and doing the 
subsequent uh, versions of the script. I, I thought, don't focus on history, but on the story. Don't try to give lessons nobody wants to hear from you. Focus on these people, who they are. Tell a story about a group of actors. Of course, these actors are performing their play under the most terrible conditions. Yeah. But focus on them. Who are them? Who are they? They are real people. They are not archetypes. They are not heroes. They are people whose main goal is surviving for another 30 minutes. So don't judge them. And also tell who they are. They are actors who do what they know what to do. When when an actor, no, no matter when, plays a play, they, they just <laughs> want to do the play. They, they want to do the play. Maybe they get sick, but they do the play. Maybe your father dies, but tonight you do the play. You cry for him tomorrow. Maybe you have a fever, but you do the play. Maybe the lights go out. Then you will turn, you, you will light a few candles, but you will do the play, which is what these people do because they are generous and they want to bring a, a smile for the audience, but also because they are selfish. Uh, they yeah. want an applause, no matter the circumstances, because that's what they nurture from. So tell about them and focus on their real emotions. I think the balance you strike between that, because I think that's a very interesting point to film that you bring up is the concept of that 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 grandeur of being on stage, because there's definitely like an addictive aspect to being an artist, no matter what form that takes, but the backdrop of what's happening just outside the theater and that reality, but yet having that be a source of escapism for not just the actors and actresses, but for everyone who's watching I, I thought that juxtaposition was uh really well told as far as how you were telling the story um i've got to ask you about clara because um my god i thought she was in incredible just the more i kept watching the film i was like man she's really like no disrespect to everyone else but i'm like she is really killing killing it here what was the ca- <laughs> Was she the first person cast, or like, like how important was it to nail that casting? Because I think you nail it across the bo- uh, board. Because uh, uh, for Dia, who I absolutely love in the movie, I saw him in uh, Sing Street, and I as yeah. soon as I saw, when I saw you got him, I was like, yes, I, like, I love it. Like I was, I, I, I freaked out in the best way. But what was what was the casting process like as far as like knowing how hard? this story was going to be to tell and you got to get people who can actually like sing and actually, you know, perform the play. So how was it trying to balance all those attributes? It was a tough one. It was a tough one because of course we needed actors who were brilliant performers, but also great singers because we, we never did playback in the movie. They are actually singing in every take. Wow. So every, everything you hear is happening live. They have these small ear pieces in which they were listening to the uh, playback and to the back and tracks, but they are act- so we could recall their real voice with a real emotion of that specific moment. So they had to do it again and again and again, not 
I, I mean, this is not one of these films in which you have an actor that more or less sings, so you get them to some sound studio and you take care of every line one by one and maybe you auto-tune a few things. No, yeah. they had to perform it like they would do any night on stage um, to, to, to get this very real sensation. When, when you have these very long takes in which you come from the guts of the theater, you cross through the hallway and you get out of straight, you get out to the stage and you start singing with a very, very different energy and everything happens with no cuts in one single take. So we, we opened the cast process to all Europe. So we have English, British, Swedish, um, Danish, even Italian actors. And Clara is like a dream come true because she's so strong, but also so fragile and also so sacrificed, but also so selfish at, at some point or capricious or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So Because she's trying to find a solution and she's trying to understand who she is and what she can do to try to fix something that nobody can fix and she has three minutes and and when i saw clara i knew it was her wow okay <laughs> um there's a scene and i don't want to spoil it but people know when they get to it there's a scene involving a speech and that is one of the most tense moments i'll sit there going oh no because as soon as you hear this thing you go oh crap and then your brain kind of starts to piece it together but but that actual speech is so unnerving and i was i was sitting here like okay like let's let's get past this talk to me about writing that scene in particular like was that one of the harder scenes to shoot or was that one of the more like kind of emotionally taxing things like yeah kind of talk to me about and and again people you'll know the scene when you get to it like we're being vague for a reason (laughs) well technically for instance it was very very hard to shoot probably hardest one uh, we we did it in four or five days i don't know because we had all the actors on straight all the troupe but also this character and also like 300 extras and and we needed to get emotions also from them and also this dialogue i i, I wouldn't want to be misunderstood but in a way this is one of the scenes i enjoyed more writing Okay. And and it's a tough one. This yeah. is not a likable character. But in a way, when you write a character, you have to incarnate him for a while. So in a way, I needed to enjoy being him for a little while. Of course, as a spectator or as a human being, I don't like him yeah, at all. At all. Yeah. <laughs> but as a writer, you need to enjoy because you don't want him to be just a plain villain. You don't want this energy for him. You don't want him to do this with his yeah, mustache twirl. Yeah, like you exactly. have to you have to immerse yourself in the character a little bit to know able to write him. And and sometimes you even have to. I I, I don't mean like him. You don't like him, but you no. feel fascinated by him. Fascinated <laughs> by his speech because in a way. I, I, of course, he's not a nice guy, but in a way, he wants to help. 
Yeah. And he gives a few options to those people. Let's be friends. <laughs> Let's understand each other. And and I also enjoyed a lot editing it. But of course, when I get out again and watch it, it's a it's a fascinating, hopefully, scene. But also, it's a it's something hard to listen in a way. Yeah, I I look forward to people seeing that scene in particular because it is just. Uh, um, I know you got to go, so I got two more quick questions for you. The opening, right. the opening tracking shot. I thought was incredibly well done as we see, um, and again, I don't really want to spoil, but when you see people, you'll know what we're talking about. That scene in particular, um, there's this level of frantic for the first, I'd say, 20, 30 minutes especially that I really enjoyed. It felt like controlled chaos, the way that you're filming it, and the camera was always moving, but yet it never lost focus. Kind of talk to me about, was that an intentional choice as far as the kind of frantic nature of how you were like, was that, was that done intentionally to make us feel like, uh, like, like Steph felt or like, yeah, kind of talk to me about that aspect of it. Yeah, it definitely was a decision because it's a 12 minute single take. It's yeah. a 12 minute one. Um, and the reason why I wanted to do it that way was double in a way in, 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 in the first place, I wanted everybody, I wanted the audience to know how living the ghetto was. Everything happens inside that theater, and this theater is set in the ghetto. But in order to understand the miracle this is, performing this play in the middle of this hell, you need to feel this hell. You need to know how a day in the ghetto is. And also I wanted the movie to be not only a film to be seen, but also a film to be experienced. So I wanted this to be Uh a physical experience and sensorial experience. And this way, following our main actress for this 12 minutes, we know all this place. We know how Warsaw was, how the ghetto was, but also the theater, also the cats of the theater. Uh, but, But you leave it almost in first person. So the only way to get this was with this single take. So we didn't domesticate the experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I. Okay. Well said. Last question I've got for you. Um, obviously, viewing media is subjective as far as what you take away from it and all that jazz. For you as a writer on this, for you as a director on it, if there's one thing that you want the audience to take away from this film, what would it be? Ah, that that the real value of art is that it's in a way useless, and and this is so strong because the most important things in life are useless. What's the Ninth Symphony for? For nothing. It just makes the world better. So. There are a group of people who do things, and this is the most important thing in the world, doing things only because that's who you are. There will always be people doing their thing. Hmm. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, Rodrigo, 
thank you so much for making the time, sir. Uh, before I let you go, can you please tell my audience where uh, about the movie, where they can watch it, view it, all that fun stuff? I unfortunately don't know where they can watch it. Hopefully in theaters. There you go. Please, please go there. Go there. I know that you will be able to see in this small screen. I've seen great films there. But again, this is an experience. Trust me, this is an experience. There are a few movies who are just told. They are just stories. Another still trusts cinematic language. And, and still they are designed to be felt in a certain way. Being surrounded by darkness and watching this experience uh, without uh, looking at your newest WhatsApp or whatever. Yeah, on your so, phone. <laughs> so please get there. Go to some chapel because theaters are chapels in a way. <laughs> Wow, well said. Actually, I yeah, I as someone who goes to the movies every week, I actually agree with you on that. But um, Rodrigo, thank you so much, so much for uh, making the time to talk with me. I will definitely be reviewing this here uh, this weekend. But again, um, I can't wait to see what you do next. I'm I'm a fan, and uh, take care of yourself. And again, thanks so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for everything. Anytime, sir. You take care. <laughs>